Good morning. Welcome to the Cape League Roundup. Good morning. Actually, uh, it's not the morning anymore. It's uh, it is the uh, five minutes after twelve noon when I'm recording this. A little bit late getting to. Uh, getting to today's episode, but it is still the 14th of June, 2022, and we have some games from yesterday to take a look at from around the happenings and goings-on of the Cape Cod Baseball League, five of them, and of those, there were three in which one team didn't score a run, so shutouts galore pitching all over the place. Let's start with the game that went chronologically first. Uh, the Yarmouth Dennis Red Sox and Brewster Whitecaps met at the uh, at Stony Brook Field for the home opener for the Whitecaps, and this ended up being a victory for Brewster, three to nothing, in which the Whitecaps got one run home in the first inning, and what ended up being an earned run. They actually so as the game was being played, YD was awarded an error. Uh, on uh, on a play early, but that was changed. So Brendan Malone uh, ha- originally had a play in which was called an error, but it was reversed to a single. So Brendan Malone out of Oregon ends up on his day going two for four with a run scored and a run batted in. He's currently hitting 625 across his first two games in the Cape League. That's uh, that's really nice. Uh, so he ends up going. Uh, he ends up having a really good game. He advances a runner over to third, and then Grayson Tatro out of Abilene Christian brings home a run in the first inning. Then the third, Brewster ends up piling on a couple more. Brennan Malone with a home run, and then Logan Bravo gets on with a double. The Harvard man and Grayson Tatro advances on a dropped third strike. Bravo moves up on the wild pitch and then comes home to score on a throw two home plays. Really good hustle by the Crimson Man. Uh, the loss ends up going to YD starter Eric Yost out of Northeastern. Four runs, three, uh, four innings, three runs, six hits, struck out five. He was okay. Um, nothing truly bad, nothing truly outstanding. Like Just kind of okay. The bullpen over the next uh, four innings only gave up one hit. That uh, went to Mike Cavanaugh. The team as a whole ended up getting 11 strikeouts. Brewster's three pitchers who threw only got four Ks. But the more important thing is simply to get out. And it's worth noting, YD threatened a couple of times uh, throughout the game. The fifth inning uh, got a little bit squirrely as John West out of BC came on in relief for the starter, Brian Fitzpatrick, who is a returning player from uh, last year's Whitecap team, who went four innings, three hits, two walks, and a strikeout, did his job very effectively. John West, out of Shrewsbury, Mast, and out of BC, ended up going the next four innings. He got the win. Two Ks, five hits, no walks, did his job. And then Dale Stanovich, also a returning player from last year's Whitecap team, got a one-inning save, pitched the ninth, faced three batters, got three outs. Uh, Brewster is now 1-1. One and one. And oh, I should say one win, one loss, no tie. The Yarmouth Dennis Red Sox are now no wins, one loss, and one tie. Coach Pittler is still six wins away from the all-time wins mark, and those two teams 
will be facing off today at Red Wilson Field, 5 p.m. first pitch. Teddy McGraw is the probable starter for uh, for the Whitecaps. No probable listed for YD, so we'll find out who they decide to go with. Teddy, of course, another returning player, and that was an intentional strategy by Coach Shevchik is to have guys who can be in your organization for two years if, uh, you know, just to add some organizational continuity in a league that really doesn't have that much of it. Uh, we'll move down to the next game that was a shutout, and uh, we go to the Ketuit Falmouth matchup. And Falmouth, two home games to start the season and two defeats for nothing. The Kettleers end up getting the victory with uh, two runs coming home in the fifth and one each coming home in the seventh and eighth. And they only used two pitchers, which is a little bit rare for uh, for this league, but they end up only going with two pitchers. Harrison Cohen, the starter out of George Washington, five innings, two hits, two Ks, no walks, did great. And then they brought in, to close the game, Jackson Kelly out of Mercer, he threw the last four innings. He struck out seven. He didn't give up a walk. He only gave up two hits. Falmouth ends up getting four hits total for the game. Two of them gotten by Alex Mooney, the shortstop from Duke. So you had one guy who gave you some real offensive life. The rest of it, eh, a little bit not, a uh, little bit not there. Uh, one home run hit for Katuit that was hit by the catcher, Justin Mickness from Kent State. Um, two hits gotten by the designated hitter Graham Pauley, also from Duke. A lot of Blue Devils in uh, in this matchup. And one run batted in by Brooks Baldwin from North Carolina Wilmington. Got a double in the uh, Chatham matchup. Got a single and a run batted in in this game last night. So... Uh, after this, Katuit is the only team that does not have a loss on their ledger. They are 2-0. and oh. Boy, we are trying to get the uh, unbeatens out of the way as quickly as possible. Falmouth is 0-2. They're looking to try and get their first win of the season. Falmouth is going on to play Harwich. This will be their first road game of the season at White House Field. We'll give you the Harwich result from last night in a moment. And Katuit is hosting Bourne. Uh, Katuit is going to throw Tyler Bosma, a six foot six starter from the University of Kentucky from Holland, Michigan. So he'll be going for the Kettleers. Bourne doesn't have a uh, probable starter listed, but that is going to be at five o'clock at Lowell Park. Again, that is one of the three fields in this league that does not have any lights. We'll jump over. We'll wrap up the last of the shutouts. And Hyannis, not the victim of a shutout. They were the perpetrator of a shutout. 3-0 for their first win under new management over the Orleans Firebirds. They get the win at home at McKeon Park. And it's an interesting way that they end up awarding the win total. So they start Ty Good out of Charleston, South Carolina. And he goes to the College of Charleston. And he threw the first four innings, gave up two hits, three walks, uh, he struck out four guys. He got his way through, but because, and the rule still is, if a starter doesn't go five, you can't get the win. 
I really don't like that rule. So they end up giving the win to the first reliever who came out of the bullpen. And uh, that ended up being Wes Burton from University of Mississippi. And he just threw an inning. Didn't have any really anything interesting happen. He just faced his three batters in the fifth. Got a ground out, a fly out, and another ground out. And he's the guy who ends up getting the win. And I think you got to be able to change that ruling a little bit. Where, where they did get it correct, of course, is the save. Jay Driver from Wellesley, Mass., and from Harvard... Uh, pitched a clean ninth inning, got two strikeouts, so that rule was uh, correctly enforced, and uh, and yeah, that, that is all correct. The losing pitcher is Cole Stallings out of Stetson for the Firebirds, who are now 0-1-1. Um, they got one double out of Travis Honeyman, a Boston College player. There's a lot more New England colleges who have sent guys to the league this summer. Uh, Jacob Campbell really had the best offensive game for Hyannis, the uh, player from Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. This was his debut, actually, for the Harbor Hawks. Two hits and two runs scored, both singles. He's hitting 500 across his first game, two for four on the game. Very nicely done. And congratulations to the Hyannis Harbor Hawks, who had an unbelievably brutal season last year, and... They're starting to turn themselves around here, so very good work, and uh, very happy to see that there is um, hope for some optimism. Oh, by the way, the uh, these three games that were shutouts, two hours, 30 minutes for the Brewster YD game, two hours, 35 minutes for the Hyannis-Orleans game, and one hour, 58 minutes for the Katuit-Falmouth game. They got these games done quick. Actually, all of these games were under three hours. We'll move on to the lone tie that was had last night it was at Spillane Field in Wareham, 2-2 two to two between Bourne and Wareham. There were no runs scored in this one until the sixth inning. Wareham got a single run across in the uh, home half of the sixth. The leadoff of the walk by Caden Rose, Hogan Windish with a uh, hit-by-pitch ball, ground out into a double play, and Blake Wright with an RBI single to get that started off. Blake Wright from Clemson had just the one hit and the one run batted in, walked once as well. Bourne got two runs in the top half of the eighth inning, in which uh, John Peck with a triple to bring home Jared Sprague Lott, and then Chris Brito got on by an error at the third base spot, and John Peck came in to score. Peck, the shortstop from Moorpark, California, and from Pepperdine, which I... Actually, Pepperdine has a uh, long-ago baseball national championship. I think it's one of the more random schools to have a uh, Division I national championship. And for all the low scoring, this was a pretty ugly game. Three errors for Bourne, three hits as well, Two errors for Wareham on four hits. This was a really messy game. I can't help but wonder if those players are just not used to the infield at Spillane Field because it's all gravel. Like, seriously, the infield is gravel, and it's just the worst. So uh, not a fan at all. Actually, the both starters ended up going five innings in uh, these games. Jonathan Brand for Miami 
uh, from Miami, pitched for Wareham. He threw five innings, one hit, nothing else, five strikeouts. So he did extremely well. And Bourne's starter threw five innings as well. Hunter Lloyd from East Tennessee State. This, the starting pitchers definitely did their jobs. The bullpen was pretty solid as well. Uh, it just had um, one tough inning. By the way, this, of course, that second run for uh, for Wareham also was unearned because the Gatemen got one run back in the bottom half of the eighth inning. Hit by pitch ball and then threw the ball around the base paths to bring home uh, to bring home Hogan Windish, which is maybe possibly my favorite name available, the left fielder from North Carolina Greensboro. This was uh, this was tough as far as uh, just this wasn't a clean game. This was a really messy game. It's the first time both these teams' ledgers and both the Wareham Gateman and Bourne Braves are uh, both one zero and one. I should amend that. Um, Katuit is now the only team that doesn't have a loss or a tie. Bourne and Wareham are still unbeaten, but not untied. Uh, Bourne is going to be facing Katuit at Lowell Park today. Falmouth is going to Harwich. That'll be a 6.30 p.m. first pitch. They have a probable listed as Grayson Hitt, H-I-T-T, from Alabama. They list as Alabama Tuscaloosa. Translation, it, it's Alabama. Um... Yeah, that's a, that's a weird way that they end up listing that. One final game to take a look at in which both teams scored runs and we had a winner. What a concept. <laughs> uh, Chatham defeated Harwich, dealt them their first loss of the season, and got their first win of the season. 5-2 to two ends up being final. First pitcher in relief, Magnus Ellerts from Florida. Also, I just like the name Magnus a whole bunch. Uh, came on in relief through three and two-thirds innings with one hit, one walk, and seven strikeouts. Was uh, outstanding. And they got a save to their last pitcher, Joe Miller, from Hatboro, Pennsylvania. Through two innings, struck out two guys. Really did his job extremely well. The loss for Harwich ends up going to German Fajardo. I have no clue if I'm pronouncing that correctly from uh, Nogales, Arizona, and from Kansas State, two and two-thirds, three hits, three runs, all three of them earned two walks, two Ks. Not a great performance. Hartwich actually jumped out to a one nothing lead. Joe Vetrano with a single to bring home Nick Goodwin. As far as the other offensive performances, that uh, would really be worth noting. Tommy Seidel, the... Uh, uh, for from the Crimson Tide player... Had two hits and brought home a run for, um, and scored a run himself, the right fielder for Harwich. And offensive players for Chatham, who did a good job. Two hits gotten by the designated hitter Cooper Ingle out Clemson. He scored a run in that game as well. Did strike out once, but you know, did his job, hitting 250 now so far. Um, they had a guy with pinch hit for Matthew Hogan from South Carolina. A, a walk, a hit, and a run scored. Was also caught stealing out on the base paths once, but a pair of doubles for Ledford and Tamez. Uh, Ledford, Noah Ledford, the first baseman from Georgia Southern down in Statesboro, Georgia, is where 
that school is. The other double gotten by the catcher, Dominic Tamez from Alabama. Alabama having uh, uh, some good times with their baseball team and, well, sending people up to the Cape. I'm sure they're very not happy about their biggest rival, Auburn, going on to the College World Series while they're sitting at home. But, oh well, that's how it, that's how it be sometimes. Uh, Chatham gets the win. They are now 1-1. One and one. So is Harwich. They are also 1-1. One and one. Uh, Chatham will be hosting Hyannis at 7 p.m. And they've really hewn out their spot as Chatham is the late game on Cape at 7 p.m. They play under the lights at Veterans Field. That is their shtick. They are going to stick with that. And, and uh, I quite like that, actually. So a quick look around the scores, the, uh, the uh, upcoming games for the 14th. Chatham is hosting Hyannis. No probables listed in either side. Lowell Park will play host to the Cattleers playing the Bourne Braves. Red Wilson Field will see the back end of the home and home between the Whitecaps and the Whitey Red Sox. Harwich will be facing Grayson Hit, And the Falmouth Commodores Hit is getting the start on the bump for Falmouth. And then at Eldridge Park, the Orleans Firebirds will be starting Alex Amalfi from UMass Boston at the Division Three School Beacons have a guy who's going for them. I believe also Orleans has one of the coaches on UMass Boston who brought them down there. They're facing the Wareham Gatemen, and was one of the longest drives from team to team. They will be uh, facing Matthew Jahek, J-A-C-H-E-C. I have no clue how to pronounce this guy's name. He's from Indiana State. At six foot flat, two oh five, he'll be the starting pitcher for the Wareham Gatebend. All five, uh, five games across the league. All ten teams are taking part in it. And then Wednesday, nothing. So I will do an early morning roundup on the results of the games. I'll do a little preview for the Thursday games. There will be no upload on Thursday because there will be no games on Thursday, just so everyone is clear as to how that's going to work. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Cape League Roundup Podcast. I'm Chris Lynch. We hope you have enjoyed your time with us. Stick with us all summer and enjoy the Cape. (laughs) 